Yes, so I hope I won't be repeating too much of what uh, Kay has already uh, presented. I'll definitely follow in line with the, some of the same themes. And this uh, section, is, is it is about <coughs> trying to dwell with these challenges that are not easy to tackle. And I'll try to also try to identify and explore them. And in the next part, we'll try to see uh, what may be, may, may be done or how, how they can be tackled. Um, so... Yes, so this, this bit is about uh, the notion of, of darkness mainly, uh, which is a concept that uh, I've tried to develop with some colleagues uh, over the last couple of years to try to describe some of these elements that we are discussing and talking about, uh, which are, of course, as you also say, they are highly individual. It's very difficult to uh, find uh, generic uh, defining traits for them, but still, I think if we, need, if, if we have to convince uh, uh, the graduate system and if we need to develop them into doctoral pedagogies we need to conceptualize them so we need to at least agree on some forms of semantics for these for understanding them otherwise they will merely be individual uh, experiences that we can share to some extent but we can't really uh, work in a professional manner around it very, very briefly, some of the background for this is that, as um, Kay has also touched upon already, that we see the doctoral uh, curriculum is being, uh, this is a term I used actually at the SRIT conference in uh, 2016, that we see what could be called a torn curriculum in graduate education that is being pulled from different directions at the same time. PhD students and graduate schools, they graduate schools needs to maintain a strong disciplinary footing, uh, usually within the home institution. At the same time, they need to promote international mobility, transferable, uh, transferability, comparability, and also to align uh, doctoral education with the professional job market on a local level, often in the na national context. So the doctoral curriculum is being, uh, there are different uh, demands and different stakeholders pulling it, not necessarily apart, but at least Okay, great. Uh, so uh, a little bit of fresh air, that was nice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so um, I'll just continue. Maybe we'll uh, skip a little bit of the, um, of the group discussion after this uh, session, so we'll stay according to uh, schedule. Um, let, let's see. So the point I was trying to make uh, was that we have these different uh, challenges, and it may also uh, come out as, as, as paradoxes, uh, which is just to, to, to set the stage, basically, um, that we have um, graduate schools that increase in size. We have different, actually more formalized support systems than more than ever, uh, but it's not necessarily helping us with the uh, challenges and issues that Kay has just uh, described to us. So we see students becoming uh, alienated and feel lost in the graduate school systems that are actually put into place to support them, which is quite paradoxical and is not uh, a very um, efficient use of, uh, of resources, uh, you could say as well. Also, a second paradox, I don't know if you can read it, it says uh, quality assurance initiatives that seems to sometimes de generate institutional conflict and power struggles, even though it should actually ensure the quality uh, of uh, research education and supervision pedagogies, but it might uh, generate uh, conflicts over resources allocated within the same faculty uh, or department. So that's quite paradoxical. Uh, and so my plan is this is just um, to, uh, this is um, an ongoing work. We have published something on it and I'll refer it on, on, this, on the different slides that I go through. 
but I'm collaborating with researchers in uh, Denmark, obviously, and in uh, Finland and uh, in the UK, uh, at different universities uh, here in the UK as well. Um, and it takes a point of departure in this, in the use of this concept of darkness that I mentioned just before, uh, which was uh, firstly developed together with Ron Barnett for a paper um, published last year, uh, confronting the dark side of higher education, and later on with Gina Whisker and Jill Robinson also. And I know that uh, Deli Elliott from the University of Glasgow is, has also taken up uh, the concept of, of darkness in, in her own work. Uh, the point is to try to focus in on these um, twilight zones or these gray areas, um, wastelands you could call them, uh, where we don't really have any uh, formalized uh, support or we don't really know who should support the students in those areas. And uh, supervisors and students are insecure of what to do or where to go and if there is actually anywhere to go to, to uh, receive the, uh, proper support. Maybe it doesn't exist even in the institution but it's still lacking. So darkness is also by about pointing out a lack, uh, also as Kay has uh, described, there's something lacking. It's not to say that it's wrong what we are doing at the moment as supervisors mm -hmm. and, 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 uh, and supporters and uh, graduate school leaders and so on, but there's uh, still a need for uh, support that is not, is not there. And you could, of course, discuss if, if, if it is the university's uh, um, obligation to provide that support. And we could also discuss that uh, further on. So darkness covers this lack of cohesion, lack of alignment between different organizational levels, um, and also covers the, uh, the emotions that uh, students and supervisors experience. It's not necessarily something that is negative, but we don't really know what to do with it, how to deal with it. And as we shall see in the uh, second uh, part of, uh, of, um, of my presentation, uh, when these uh, support systems are lacking, uh, new support systems uh, seem to be activated uh, randomly and uh, informally. And um, uh, unpredictable. Uh, it is, it's very difficult to, to predict uh, w what will happen in those uh, dark spaces where no formalized support is, is actually active. Um, but there are other systems that become activated and as I'll describe later on we see the work of what has been called guardian supervisors, unofficial, uh, unassigned, unrecognized uh, helpers that start to take over responsibility for some of the students and provide uh, um, act as mentors and, and so on, peers, uh, professional networks beyond the institution. Uh, friends and family and so on. So there are uh, there are people who step in, but it's not regulated by the institution. It's not formally assigned. So we don't really, as an as institution, we don't know about the quality of this support, and we can't really. Um, it's it's rather random. So s some students actually receive this uh, support, and some students don't. Uh, so it's not uh, it's not fair either. It's not uh, part of the. Um, official educational strategy. I'll, I'll tell, you, uh, tell you more about that afterwards. Uh, just a few more things about uh, the concept of, of darkness, just to make uh, clear that it's not, it's not a concept. It's a concept that derives from uh, the philosophy of uh, Immanuel Levinas, uh, also uh, indirectly derived from uh, Martin Heidegger's philosophy, and then indirectly derived through Heidegger from Kierkegaard, Søren Kierkegaard's philosophy. Uh, and it is a concept that is neutral in a sense, it's a neutral force, uh, it's not a negative force and we try to define that in, in the paper. Uh, darkness does not mean um, uh, things that are uh, corrupted uh, or dystopian 
but uh, spaces like we just witnessed before where we suddenly don't know what to do, uh, how to behave, and we need to, uh, to, um, uh, to, to take up the threat again, and we need to bridge to, to the formal setting and so on. So what I will uh, do now is that I'll show you a series of quotes from some of the interviews with doctoral students across these different countries uh, that are symptomatic um, for this uh, idea of darkness to try to make it more specific and more concrete. And I think it, it aligns quite well with some of the things that uh, Kay has already mentioned, so you can see some uh, overlaps uh, as well. And darkness is very much, it is very much the glue that seems to um, bind uh, doctoral education together or the uh, learning experiences of doctoral education, but it's very hard to say uh, what, what it is really, but most of it happens outside the formal formalized forms of support and maybe even beyond the, uh, the institution in third spaces, for example. So darkness is, is sort of the what is in between, the in-between spaces that can be very difficult to, to shed light on. Uh, nevertheless, we need to try to understand them uh, to some extent at least. This student uh, says that um, this, uh, she experiences a problem with the PhD structure at the moment. And as she, uh, as she says, uh, she has a PhD program leader who is uh, her go-to person, but that PhD program uh, leader has 40 PhD students that she needs to make sure are getting all the points they need and, and so on. So she feels like a satellite, and she's not really sure that uh, anybody has any particular control of where she's going. And she, she doesn't really feel it's the supervisor's responsibility because he uh, only has a certain amount of responsibility and, and after that he sort of lets go and there's, there's no one really that has an eye on, on where she's going. And as she also says in this quote, uh, and, and all the other PhD students at this university, they are part of a department, they're part of an institute, they're part of a faculty. So that's three bureaucracies that they need to deal with. And these bureaucracies are not aligned. Uh, they have demands. Uh, they um, have different demands for the students, depending on which section or which layer of the organization that they are representing. So the student is the only one that is actually the mediator between these different uh, layers. Uh, and there's a fourth one. There's a PhD program, which at this university goes across departments and, and institutes. Uh, so it uh, gathers PhD students from many different departments. So that's a fourth uh, organizational layer. So that's part of uh, a darkness within the formal, uh, the formal infrastructure of how um, some of the uh, larger uh, graduate schools work. This is also about infrastructure, about the informal infrastructure, an example of darkness um, in that um, aspect. Some, uh, some universities uh, have a, a college system that seems that are, that are very closely related to the uh, educational programs at the university. And this doctoral student uh, says that uh, he is part of a college system, which is um, very nice in many ways because there's a whole network of friends uh, from other disciplines that actually support him uh, in, his, uh, in his learning process. Um, however, there's also this feeling of unhomeliness in, in the college home because there are rules at the college, there are things you can do, uh, you're not allowed to do certain things. Uh, some of the facilities are overcrowded, you can't really uh, use the kitchen, for example, and as he says, there are people who have keys that can enter your room whenever they want to. So you live in college, but it's not really your home, so you're not at home in your home. So this is a, an experience of, of not being at home uh, in the informal infrastructure that should support you as a doctoral student. 
Also, uh, at some universities, both in Scandinavia and the UK, have these other societies that it could be uh, sports clubs or film clubs. It could be, as in this uh, case, um, a dining society, drinking societies, uh, as this student calls them, that receives funding from the university that you go to uh, promoting the learning of the students. Uh, but such clubs and societies may also be quite exclusive or excluding um, uh, students. So, so this is an example also of informal support systems put into work and being uh, financed by uh, by the university or by the college in this uh, example, uh, but actually doing the reverse, uh, letting students feel less uh, mm. less included uh, than if if. Um, yeah, less included or, or le uh, to a lesser extent that they uh, actually aim. Right. So this example I've called educational darkness. It's about the experience of uh, becoming a PhD, moving from um, mo moving moving from being a student uh, where the curriculum is is set and uh, you have to take certain courses. There are classrooms. There are places to go. Places to be. As a PhD student, you start to experience that it's not really being defined, these things. Also, as Kay mentioned uh, before, and, and you, you mentioned in, from your talk as well, there are many things that are not defined. Uh, there's not necessarily a classroom that you have to be in. There are no uh, the same, uh, the, uh, the same uh, common workspaces, or there's not necessarily... Um, uh, there's not necessarily the same structure around your learning process. Also, if you're not uh, invited in, in the research uh, culture, in the research program, the research uh, community, uh, that could be a way of, uh, of feeling isolated too for, uh, for students. And some of the um, uh, unhelpful uh, things that may happen is that some students start to lose interest in the research and they can't see how any, anyone is uh, uh, really going to care. Um, and this student actually started to, uh, to, to believe, was he doing himself a disfavor in, uh, in, concluding, in completing his PhD? So he has been um, accepted into the highest education, which is uh, very, uh, very difficult to be accepted into. And this uh, student should have the most prominent uh, advanced skills available in probably in the country. Um, and he's starting to... Uh, to, to believe that this education doesn't really make any sense. He starts to, uh, to lose faith in, in the education itself, which is very uh, paradoxical and, uh, and ironic in, in some ways. We also see this in what I call formational darkness. It's not about the educational uh, structure. Educational darkness is about not necessarily being able to see why should I undergo this education? Why should I actually obtain the degree at all if it doesn't really make any sense? Um, this is a feeling of that uh, you're, you're a PhD student, but you're not mature to the state that you should be mature to. Uh, um, the system would expect you to, certain, to, to just mature uh, automatically, almost, uh, but um, there are uh, a wide... Um, um, uh, it, it's quite widespread, the, the self-doubt of the new positions that some students find themselves in. Do they have the right skills uh, uh, that, the, this uni uh, that the university demand? And some universities have this uh, testing period that the first half a year, the first year, uh, you need to complete a test to move on into your PhD program. Uh, so this self-doubt and putting pressure uh, on, uh, on, on yourself as a student, even though you should have the 
maybe the competences and the educational background to actually not do that. Uh, you, have, uh, you have progressed to a state where you should actually be able, at least in the logic of the system, to complete this uh, form of education. But we see many students, of course, have these uh, more formational uh, challenges that no one is really, um, or at least it's very, uh, it's very um, different if, if supervisors see it as their job to, uh, to support the students with this. Also, we may see in this uh, more informal uh, dark spaces uh, that falls outside. These are all uh, examples of uh, situations and uh, uh, need for support that is not being integrated into the formal structures. That's why I show these different examples to try to, um, to, to, to circle in what, what this darkness uh, means. Um, so in informal environments that are put up by the, uh, by the graduate school to help students um, socialize with each other, socialize with the faculty, uh, being supported, uh, finding social support in many, in, in spaces that are not uh, the same uh, space as supervision and so on, where some students also experience um, uh, less fortunate uh, um, um, uh, experiences with, with male faculty, for example, uh, at this, uh, in this example where these female students uh, eventually start to avoid going to these informal events because she's afraid that, uh, that she'll be uh, approached by uh, some of the uh, male faculty in a very, um, um, uh, in a, in a very uh, un unpleasant way uh, because there have been some, uh, some rumors and some scandals at this university. <coughs> So you could also say that these informal spaces could be uh, part of, uh, could, could form such a, uh, a dark space. Just a few more examples. Uh, this is, I call this corporate darkness. There are many, uh, or I, don't know, I don't know if there are many, but I know that there are some um, companies that set up their business um, with the aim of uh, selling supervision um, to doctoral students if they don't feel that they are properly supervised by their own supervisors, they can buy supervision. For example, this one, which you, oh, I don't know if I can access it from this computer, let's yes, see. Um, PhD consultancy. I don't know how many of you would know that already, no? Um, you have heard about it? No? I've heard about it. Okay. Uh, yes, so where you can go and buy supervision, you can actually go and buy a proposal uh, the surfaces here. You can buy a PhD. Yes, you can. Uh, so if you want to uh, pay for PhD title or proposal, for example, you can find some of the prices uh, depending on how long the... Oh, you can't see this. Uh, oh, okay. Um, do you know if I can make it visible on the screen? Escape. Escape? Why has hesitate to touch anything? Okay, uh, well, probably doesn't matter. I, this is just um, this is a, um, a a company that sells. Uh, you can have a look at it uh, on the slides. You can access the link. You can see there will be um, certain prices for if you can buy into private supervision. You can buy proposals, um, and you can buy uh, Viva uh, presentations as well, and so on. Uh, so we have these. Um, uh, this industry that seems to prey on, on the uh, insecurity uh, of, of doctoral students too. And the other one is selling uh, editing work, uh, proofreading, reviewing, and so on. 
Um, so you let in people that fills a, a need for doctoral students to actually uh, get feedback um, and to uh, maybe have control of their own feedback process, but you can't really ensure the either the quality and it's not really allowed, I think, to a large extent to receive this um, to to receive this private tuition. I, at least it's it's a gray zone to how much to to what degree you can actually uh, receive support from these uh, um, external uh, stakeholders. Right. So these are different examples of the forms of darkness uh, that I've just I, I try to uh, to gather into these categories, and these are taken from the paper run. Um, um, <coughs> so as we see from uh, partly from case presentation from these examples, that students and supervisors could just as uh, as well have been supervisors. They are not entirely rational, they are not necessarily living up to the expectations of the implicit student that we have, that students behave in a certain rational, uh, well-behaved, well-organized, well-educated manner. Um, we see that uh, learning as a PhD student, as you probably are well aware of, is also about mimicry and pretending and discovering things by chance, uh, being uh, supported by people that you uh, randomly uh, meet, perhaps in your peer networks or you uh, other academics that, that seem to take an interest in you and start to help you in some way. As I'll show you in the second part, it can also be help from, uh, from translators, for example, if you come as an international PhD student, and translators translate the feedback from the supervisors to the students and thereby also start to influencing the students, the international students' understanding of what the supervisor has meant with a certain form of feedback. So we have these, um, we have these students that we are supervising that are uh, much more complex and has a much more uh, unpredictable and um, what could you say chaotic um, learning trajectory, learning journey that we assume when we supervise them. And the point here is that the supervision pedagogies that we apply, the theories on supervision, they seem to to some extent, even the most um, comprehensive ones, um, they seem to some extent to assume that students uh, can master themselves and will organize themselves and will understand that there is a meaning to their PhD education. Um, but some uh, students, as we as I have also shown, uh, they do not necessarily understand that the PhD is meaningful uh, in itself. Supervisors, PhD supervisors, they are uh, being educated a uh, different time, uh, period uh, in time, um, where the PhD would have a meaning in itself because it would allow you to a certain position but now that there are necessarily uh, no new jobs to get afterwards, the PhD in itself, it, it does not make sense. It does not ma uh, make sense in itself to pursue a PhD. It needs to be integrated into the more general life world of the PhD student, which many supervisors uh, overlook and uh, not, they don't necessarily re recognize that. We see the institutional darkness, or the darkness on the institutional level as well. Uh, we see institutions that seem to continuously apply the managerial approach to this, and to, uh, to have their graduate schools grow, to, to give more structure, to give more order uh, to a systemic form of logic or rationale uh, inherent in the graduate programs, which does not seem to meet these uh, needs that the students have. Um, so there is a um, there is an understanding uh, within the institutions that students can actually be supported, and they can actually their learning journey can actually be scaffolded in a way 
that is is meaningful that that is meaningful to the students and the supervisors as well. However, uh, institutions may also um, it may actually be a need for them to some extent to hurt some of the people uh, that undertake the PhD, at least to uh, make it um, allow it to become very uncomfortable to the PhD students during their PhD journey, uh, and also to provide uh, educational programs and uh, and resources, support resources to uh, for students to uh, to have this more um, and non-linear um, and chaotic uh, learning. Um, experience. And finally, I don't know if you can read it, it says imaginative darkness. We need, um, we need supervisors and we need the graduate school systems uh, to imagine what uh, purposes there might be to the PhD beyond just completing a research project and actually understanding that the PhD today, it has to be more closely knitted together with professional domains uh, even from the start, um, discussing and debating with PhD students how their research can be interlinked uh, with professional domains and contexts uh, beyond the university. And we see very little in the uh, graduate structure uh, and from the supervisors, very little uh, ability to, uh, to imagine and to discuss with their students how they can, especially within humanities, how they can uh, develop their PhD in, in close um, uh, collaboration with uh, external partners as well.